0: been up for almost six hours and it still hits pretty good.
1: <laughs> Wait, you were up all night? <laughs> no, no, no. I had to
0: get up at seven.
1: Oh, I thought you s- seven app. whatever. No no, a no, clap. no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> me,
0: me staying up all night. Who do you think I am?
1: <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Three, two, one, go. I'm <laughs> not ready. Okay, I'm ready. Three, two, one.
0: If by if by all night you mean I fell asleep at like nine thirty, um, then yes, I have been up all night.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I thought you said you've been up for like seven hours or something. Uh, like, no,
0: I've been up. That would be I've been a, up for wow. almost <laughs> six hours. It's 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 like five five hours and forty minutes because I had to wake up insanely mm. early, um, because of because of my dog, um, who well not because of my dog but because of traffic um what is it we we left her at daycare yesterday to go to a brewery uh in well i'm gonna call upstate. Mm-hmm. It, i mean it was like two hours out of the city but um what's upstate it was the Ang- angry orchard brewery and okay. we got back too late uh and the daycare closes at seven um we we our eta was like 750 even though we really tried to get back on time and they were like well i guess we're gonna board her tonight <laughs> uh but we didn't really want to do that because you didn't Book us for that, so please be here at eight
2: o'clock to pick her up. <laughs> okay.
0: So that sucks.
2: That's wild. So wait, did you? Were you able to pick up the dog? Or we? Did we you have that's why stay I had there? to
0: get. That's why I had to get up early this morning was to pick her up at eight o'clock.
2: Yeah. At oh the, God.
0: Yeah. Which also like doubly sucked because the whole reason we boarded her or like left her at daycare was to be able to go and enjoy the brewery. But it was supposed to be a one and a half to two hour drive. It took us four hours to get there. Um, and we were able to spend about 40 minutes there before we had to turn around and go, um, 35 of those 40 minutes were spent standing in various lines waiting for beverages and or food. Uh so literally Ugh. I I got to kneel in the grass cuz there were no tables and scarf down my my pulled pork sandwich in about 5 minutes and then Oof. turn around and I spent like 8 hours driving yesterday. Gosh, <laughs> that's rough. Yeah. I mean it was fine. I wasn't I w- I wasn't prepped for like a super fun day because I don't particularly like cider. Um so I was like going into this <laughs> knowing I wasn't going to have a great time there. <laughs> um <laughs>
1: we all do many things for the ones we love yeah that, that's <laughs> what happens when you marry somebody who cannot
0: have gluten which unfortunately mm-hmm. is in beer uh, and rules out all of the breweries
1: that are not cider breweries <laughs> there must be some brewery somewhere that has beer and cider i would really hope that that's true there must Maybe. be Maybe it's not i didn't i didn't have
0: any any uh input into this trip um it was booked by a oh, couple of friends of ours um Originally, we were going to go to a place in Brooklyn uh, by by their place. And then um, we realized that Sydney couldn't do anything there because uh, it was all beer. And then they were like, oh, let's go to the Angry Orchard. And I was like, OK,
1: I thought it was still in Brooklyn. So I agreed to it. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> See. I was gonna say you were informed as opposed to consulted, but it sounds like you weren't even informed. <laughs> yeah, no, I was, it was. I was very misinformed. We, we were. Pl- we were like, "What time do we need to leave tomorrow?"
0: And, and Sydney's like, "It's like a two-hour drive." I was like, "To Brooklyn," and <laughs> uh, yeah. So so we we left at like eleven, anticipating getting there for our uh, early for our one forty five tour of the brewery, which we completely missed since we got there at three. Um, Ugh, and. Man. Yeah, it was it was fine. It wasn't like a bad day. I still got to, you know, go on a go on a fun road trip, listen to some good music. We got to see our friends for like a half an hour.
1: (laughs) It was it was fine. Well, I congratulate you on attempting to make the most of a holiday weekend. (laughs) Yeah. And and honestly, one of the biggest bummers
0: was we didn't have enough time to play the game that my friend brought to play because I was I was planning on talking about it today. And then. We didn't get to play it. So oh no! That, what game was that it? That sucked. Uh, Dragon Vault. Oh, that sounds fun. It it, it sounds elaborate. really fun. I mean, well, I didn't get to play it. I don't know a whole lot about it. But um, from from nah, what he from the way he describes it to me is um, it well so it's it's a it's a card game with dice, um, and it's I'm in. Yeah. Right. Um <laughs> he 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 likes it because he feels it's a it's a less intensive like Dungeons and Dragons adjacent type game that doesn't take as long and doesn't require as many rules and all that and it's it's a oh, a little more Never um, mind, sounds boring. structured it's not as like open world um but like so it's so, you know it's card games you go through dungeons and you can like fight each other I guess I'm not really sure um and you Ooh. tally up all the gold you get at the end and the person with the most gold wins um, and it's for for two to four players, as I understand it. So I'm. It sounds very interesting to me, and hopefully by the next time we record, I'll have played it. <laughs> that's,
2: a, that's pretty that sounds pretty good. I like I like card game. I like mm-hmm. dice. I don't like simpler. That sounds boring. Um, well, simpler than PvP. Dungeons and Dragons. That's that's n- like, okay. Well, <laughs> that doesn't mean it's a
0: simple game. I don't. I don't know how how intense okay, it okay, is. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't require you know a a masters degree to to amount of like years of study to understand yes now that's that's
2: the game that i want to see advertised is you must study for seven years before you can play this game yeah
1: says the guy who never wants to read the game manual i know
2: that was that was my next thought
1: i also like a lot of reads game manuals
0: game manuals are useless (laughs) i don't i don't even own
2: the player's handbook except as a pdf to look up like character stats I guess, well, that's that's a funny point, isn't it? Because I do have the player's handbook. I've got the three primary D&D books, and Mm -hmm. I do consult those frequently, but that's also like, it's like how you play the game is like you need these books because you can't memorize 900 pages of things. I don't know. D&D is this weird example of, I don't like reading the rule book. You know what it is? Here it is. I don't want to read the rule book to start playing. The nice thing about D&D is I can start playing by having some guy who's been playing for years tell me how to play the game in my (laughs) first game. And that's how the game can run. And then from there, it's like, oh, now I'm understanding how to do this. And then learning becomes interesting after the introductions already happened. All right. All right. Good. I I feel better about that.
0: I can get behind that. That's actually how I enjoy learning a lot of things is to just like try a whole bunch of stuff and see what works. And like fumble along, and then like when I when I kind of feel like I'm getting a handle on it, and there's something that's like definitely too hard for me to figure out on my own, then I'll look it up. But like I don't want to have to read a manual. Like I want to, I want to consult uh, something for five or ten minutes to figure out a problem I'm having. That or I don't want to have to like sit down and study something.
1: So if the alternatives are you either have somebody introduce you to the game, or you consult a manual. Uh, that's true of every game that has a manual though, right? Like you could just have somebody explain to you how to play the game instead of reading the manual. Yeah. And
0: that's infinitely more fun. I mean, that's what you were talking about on like the last episode or two episodes ago, right? Where you were sitting with, um who was it shift was it with sim sim um you were always sim with, yeah i don't know um you were they both they, <laughs> still, they both start with s i don't know um you were sitting That's with true. with sim and and you know that made the game more fun <laughs> it's absolutely uh, true <laughs> um so yeah it's, it's the same thing i mean if 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 i can sit down with somebody who knows what they're doing and they sort of help guide me through it as opposed to me sitting down and reading like 20
2: pages before i can get started i, I know mm-hmm. which one i want to do well, that's the trade-off right like someone's got to be the first one to read the manual
1: well some people like reading the manual yeah. i like reading the manual so <laughs>
2: i i do always forget that that's a true fact <laughs>
1: <laughs> i like going in armed with information yeah
0: that's, i can't relate um <laughs> i i like you know screwing around and seeing what works um and mm-hmm. and you know depending on the game i guess somebody didn't have to read the manual. Like. I can think of I, I'm sure this isn't true. I know for a fact because I know people who have read the player's handbook. But like I can think of a scenario who where like, you know, Gary Gygax writes it and teaches some friends and then nobody ever reads the manual again because they all just teach other friends. Uh, So, so you don't have to read it. But but yeah, I, I see
1: what you're getting at. <laughs> One of my favorite things about D&D is that it's basically a free to try game. Yeah. Because it's it's a it's a team game like you're always playing with other people. Um, so and because it's a you know, it's, it's a tabletop game, you can share resources. Mm-hmm. And so if you're a new player, you never have to buy any books you can you can or, or buy anything. Yeah. You know, you can just borrow things from other people. Uh, all the resources are posted online, too, both officially and unofficially. Mm-hmm. Like, there's the whole D&D Beyond thing that has, like, pretty much all of the player's handbook just posted online, even though they sell books. Mm-hmm. And you have other things like...
0: Wizards does have a uh, PDF, I believe, of, um, like, it, like, it's
1: not the entire player's handbook, but it's, like, enough to just start um and then and and also unofficial tools like uh like 5e tools and things like that there are just so many resources that you can use to get into the game for free and then after you fall in love with it pay for it Mm -hmm. and that's what i that's one of the things i love about this game that uh is rare in video games
0: yeah and that's why i think more more video games need demos i've you know i've said it before i'll say it again but like and we're back. yeah. I, I would there there are so many more games that I would I would give a shot that don't seem super interesting to me if I could just play the first 20
2: minutes of it for free. Mm-hmm. And I think people what I've noticed is people want to give money to the things that they do like. Like people want to support the things because also by giving you by giving the money, they are actively telling them please do more of this thing. Please mm-hmm. keep making more of it. Uh, so it's also very communicative um but it's it's not a great feeling to have to pay up front and then be and then figure out if you're interested in the thing or not because that all that's going to do is if you're not interested and you already paid money well then you're not going to pay money the next time that publisher comes out with something or developer whatever
1: which speaking of which this show is available to you for (laughs) free and you can listen to it as much as you want but if you really love it And if you want to hear more of us and you want to support what we do, we have a Patreon, which is patreon.com slash pixel noise FM. And there's a link in the show notes and you can go there and you could uh, tithe us a small amount of money, uh, three or five (laughs) dollars. And you can hear uh, you can hear the show early. You can hear the show unedited with all the curses in it. Uh, You can hear all the stuff that was just too ridiculous to uh, leave in that we just had to take out. (laughs) You get to
0: hear that hilarious story that we just told that like all of us were crying and laughing. It was honestly amazing that we just cut out. It was only for our Patreon supporters. Yeah, and we do that
2: for every episode. It's crazy.
0: We cut out all the funny stuff. (laughs) That's.
1: But most importantly, if you want to support what we do, we're on Patreon. Okay.
2: (laughs) Check that box off. Always have to make sure we say the Patreon. It's an easy link to remember. It's just PixelNoiseFM at the end of the Patreon.com slash URL. It's really easy. It's great. It sure is. And and here's the thing. Here's the other (laughs) thing I want to say about that. We do the show for free and release it for free. And if you do pay for us, you're not just like, it's not just like a donation. You get more stuff for that money. So the show is always free. Like the show is all like going to keep being free, unless you know, unless we come up with a better business plan that someone wants to uh, incorporate into the <laughs> future's uh, a mystery. Uh, but in general, uh, the show is free, and you get more for your money. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we started right out the gate on d I feel like we've been pretty good we about did. like keeping back on the topic, but bam, <laughs> the floodgates right have it. opened.
1: <laughs> let's just let's just get right into it. Um, someone thinks that D anD D encourages hard skills and soft skills. Oh,
2: that's follow up. That's follow up. What does that mean? Yeah, that's, that's follow up. Eh, hey. it is follow up. So, Dan, I owe you an apology. Whoa, I I, I agree. What what for? <laughs> <laughs> Let me count the ways. You're gonna have to be more specific. <laughs> um, we had, we had a conversation. It was uh, I don't remember what episode it is at this point because it was a f- uh, few episodes ago. Um, but we were talking. Basically, I edited the episode and we were talking about something, and we weren't arguing. We were having a conversation, <laughs> but I realized in the edit, like, oh, Dan is talking about something else than I realized in that moment that he was talking about. Um so I put it down I think I put it down in the follow-up to say you made an interesting distinction between uh soft skills and hard school hard skills in DND. Uh that I didn't give respect to uh in that previous episode, so I wanna do it now. Um it's this it's this uh sort of inherent uh, bias within the skills in D, the skill breakdown like the acrobatics and the stealth and the perception and the all that the soft skills as we're using the term uh would be something like persuasion something that requires more elaboration to kind of specify but the hard skills are things like athletics checks like strength checks like can you lift boulder you can't really describe how you're lifting the boulder except to say did you successfully lift are you strong enough um but a perception check is like oh well the dm can ask you like yeah lifting a boulder is one thing but how do you persuade them and it's more than just a role that you have to make like there's actually effort um so there's this inherent bias in dnd uh, for hard st- hard skills just to kind of be glossed over with die rolls and soft skills requiring that little bit more effort. Um, I don't fully remember what the context of uh, during our previous conversation, but I thought that was just such an interesting distinction. And I think we were trying to f- decide like how to, um, uh, what's the word? In- not encourage, not motivate. Uh, incentivize, that's the one. Mm. Uh, incentivize... A fair playing ground for both of those skills.
0: Yeah, I, I don't honestly remember the context either. Um, I can tell you, you know, the thoughts I'm having on it right now, which which would be like that'll do, pig. I, <laughs> um, I, I would have, well, not would I do when I when I DM, I have my players roll first, uh, regardless of the of what's going on. So like, you know, for 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 an athletics check, I jump over this thing maybe it's an acrobatics check whatever but um i you know i have them roll and they're successful or they're not for a persuasion check let's say or a deception uh i would still have them roll first before they say anything um unless it's like unanticipated like sometimes that'll happen where you know they'll say something to an npc and i'm like ah this person's trying to lie roll deception um yeah, but yeah. but like if, if they if, if i know it's coming i'll have them roll first but regardless the the role is the important thing um, I'm not gonna punish uh, a player who can't come up with a convincing lie if they rolled a 19. Uh, mm, like mm. they, they'll, they'll pass. the The NPC just might be a little stupid. Um, yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> you know, I, am I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna favor the roll versus what the player said. And I think that's where, <laughs> you know, inspiration can come into play if they come up with a really interesting way to do something or really convincing yeah. lie or whatever it may be. Um. then even if their role is bad, I might give them inspiration or maybe I will give them advantage if it's like really convincing or something yeah. like that.
2: Yeah, and you have the freedom to do that when it is a soft skill. Mm-hmm. With a hard skill, you can't really say, oh, well, you... Were, you've been lifting this week so you can roll the strength <laughs> check with advantage like you could I mean maybe you could I, I don't know it's it's not as i don't know up. i i can th- I can
0: think of ways to have fun with that like if if i i if any of my i don't i don't think any of i don't know maybe maybe some of my I actually know i think two of my players might listen to us, but so you can steal <laughs> this if you hear it um but um <laughs> if i don't know if if somebody was like at the gym or something and was like getting getting uh, pumping that iron to to get ready for this athletics check or something like that i might give them advantage on their next athletics check that's pretty funny
2: <laughs> like that that's a good idea but i think i think the distinction is like it's inherent in the moment that a soft mm-hmm. skill you know requires some amount of you need to say something you're deceiving them and you can't just do nothing like you do have to give that some sort of story or verbiage uh, whereas a strength checks, yeah. a strength checks is risk lifting a rock is lifting a rock. You can add something to it, but it's not inherently necessary. You need uh, in that. True. I, I think
1: there's a difference in the floor. Uh, I think mm-hmm. they both have a, they can, they both can have a very high ceiling because it's a it's a role playing game. But I think your point still stands, Alex. That like the floor is different because like yeah. there's a minimum amount of effort that you have to put in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's not to say that you it. can't put in more effort to make it right. more interesting. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good. I way think to put the it.
0: floor is really low, though. Like I can think of some some really silly, low-effort deception stuff that has happened in in some of my games. That like because the roles were good, like it worked um like we were trying to uh no i didn't <laughs> um yeah kind of but like like, of like the like one that's become a repeating joke in my strahd game for anybody who knows strahd we were in Velaki trying to get into the coffin maker's house and um Valaki. it's uh the coffin maker it, it says in the book like doesn't really want to let anybody in um and two of our our paladin and our fighter were trying to get in and um they rolled really well on, on deception. Uh, and they convinced him that they were the bean brothers there to inspect his coffins. Um, and it worked, (laughs) it came out of nowhere. It was not a reference to anything. Um, but now it's a reference. It comes up all the time. Um, but, (laughs) but like, you know, it, it, it didn't fully work because uh, he wasn't ever going to let anybody in regardless of of the role but like it it gave gave enough pause like where the the coffee maker was willing to hear them out that they were able to sort of force their way in um but it but it worked and it wasn't
2: super high effort he literally just came up with that bean brothers thing <laughs> right, right and and it is a cool feature of D&D where you can have these very uh biz- really they're just bizarre uh strong choice moments of you know this deception check example someone gives a lie that's really bad or really dumb but you roll and you roll a 20 and now now it's now this is the cool puzzle of the for the dm where okay you told this lie and it has to work what is the world in yeah. which this works like you have to answer that question in that moment uh but without the role and without the role play uh you would never have encountered that scenario so you get to create these interesting situations constantly with the combination of those things I'm, I'm just gushing about dnd right no, now. no yeah so and sorry. it's, and like, it's
0: <laughs> i mean it's it's a pretty clear distinction that obviously the, the game designers understand also because even like it comes into play with druid wild shapes where you keep uh you keep these like soft skills as we're saying uh you keep your Mm. your character's intelligence and wisdom and constitution i believe um i might be wrong about constitution um but uh charisma charisma okay yeah so yeah so these these skills that basically are these um Real, not that any of them aren't real life skills but like the the skills that you're more likely to have developed in in the real world uh are ra- like you know for example like I'm much smarter than I am strong um and more
2: widely relatable
0: maybe yeah and i mean not not to say that you can't do it like the other way i mean there are some very strong people out there who can you know pull jet planes yeah, and stuff but like, like that's me. not the, right um <laughs> <Yeah>. so so <laughs> i think i think the developers know this um and it's Oh
2: my God! <laughs> <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry. I'll cut that out. Sorry. <laughs> uh,
0: um. So yeah, I think it's. I think it's just. I like. I don't want to punish a player who wants to play a very intelligent character, even if they are, you know, not of twenty intelligence, um, or not of twenty charisma. If they want to play this really charismatic Bard or something like that, uh, when the same isn't happening to somebody who wants to play a really strong character um so i think I, I think it's important to just make sure that the the roles have the final say um obviously with dm discretion but but you know it's not dependent on the player being really charismatic and giving great speech or something like that
1: right oh, yeah all that being said i think i think alex's point still stands that like it's strictly easier to perform hard skills in the game than it is yeah. to perform soft skills mm-hmm. um and you know like that's that's kind of an interesting thing because the first i think the first thing that alex asked was like how should we or like how can we incentivize um the soft skill stuff when it's more Uh, more effort like was that your original question
2: i didn't really have a question but it is more challenging to ex for the the rules as they're designed it's more challenging to execute the soft skills because they have this like additional requirement of how it's done as opposed to a strength check is much more number crunchy Mm -hmm.
1: and i think i think that's just fine the way it is is what i'm gonna argue it probably is. i think that it, it it doesn't need to be any different because I think that giving players the option is just, you know, going back to we talked about player choice. I think it's just a good element of player choice to give that you can have a group of people that plays the either an individual player or a group of people that plays the game, um, you know, very focused on hard. I and and I hear this from talking to other people who who played this game very differently from how we play it, Mm. um, who play this game and they're very focused on hard skills. They're very focused on crunching numbers and, um, fighting. That's like, yeah, that's really more the point of the game than, uh, (laughs) doing what i what what I like to call role-playing, which (laughs) we'll we'll come back to when I talk about Pokemon later. Dirty role play, But, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, yeah, I think I think it's nice the way it is that it gives the players choice. Uh I think that it being harder is I guess it's more efforts, so I guess therefore it's harder. I mean, it just it feels like a point of view. Well, it is the idea that it's actually harder because different people have different skills. You know, some people are actually charismatic in real life. Imagine that, (laughs) and they (laughs) might be better at that. (laughs) 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 They might be better at that than you know the number. Well, I think I think it's it, it. I would argue it's not a
0: point of view just because like with a let's say it's a strength check, like Alex mentioned, you're lifting a thing um you, you literally don't have to do anything other than it's a strength check um like it, it, with a with a like a deception role or something usually the dm will say okay what do you say to them now you don't have to i guess like if you don't want to play that way you d- really don't have to like if i'm dming and let's say i had a player who wasn't super comfortable doing that and they were just like hey i don't really know what i want to say to them but like i want to try and get in there like somehow I, I wouldn't want to like make them uncomfortable, and I would probably just let them roll, but i I've never met a dm who who does that by default. like they're going to make you say something sure. so it is it is it's, by that
2: definition just just slightly more effort. well, it's also not a qualitative statement about like the effectiveness or the um quality of these different skills. It's just a feature of the mechanics in the game. Mm-hmm uh strictly you have that, like additional requirement uh but as far as you know putting a qualitative state qualitative statement on it um god i hope i'm using that word right um Qual- quantitative I think- <laughs>
0: numbers qualitative everything else
2: qualitative everything else done <laughs> uh we talked about this this is like episode 46 i'm gonna say <laughs> nailed Check it. on that <laughs> just cut and paste the right <laughs> number in there um I think the game is improved by the fact that uh, you have the different ways to interact with these skills. If all the skills had the same, if you just had to roll for all the skills, or if you had to uh, give this extra impression on the skill uh, for all of them, I think that would make it less interesting. It's probably improved by the fact that there is that uh, differentiation. But that differentiation exists from a bias in the mechanics, uh, which is fine. It's it's just... Again, coming from... I was editing a previous episode and Dan brought, made this observation and I totally ignored him. Uh, <laughs> so I think it's a great thing to highlight because I think it is a good thing about the game. I, I would agree. I, I also like it about the game. And sometimes okay. I'll ignore I got that off uh, my chest. Yeah.
0: Sometimes I'll ignore <laughs> dice rolls completely. I've had, a, I've had a player say, I forget what it was off the top of my head, but a player made just like a really amazing speech to like, I don't know, rally some, some bandit troops or something Mm. like that. And I was like, you don't even have to roll persuasion. That was awesome. Let's just do it. Oh yeah. Um. So I, I, you know, I, 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 do enjoy that, that it is, you know, the DM can, can completely ignore the rules when, when, when they want to. Yeah.
2: And it's, it's not even ignoring the rules to do that. I mean, you have passive perception skills and I think technically in the rule book, you have passives for all of your skills, just perceptions, the one that, People like to use the most. I mm-hmm. never use passive perception, but that's a different topic. Um, but like, yeah, I, you can always, have I always forget about the passive things. <laughs> they're boring. Like, what are you gonna do? Not roll? Oh, let's not right. play Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Oh <laughs> God. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Sorry, I, I always I always feel a little bad when when someone has a really <laughs> high passive perception. And I make them roll, and they kind of, and they fail. But like I'm like, oh, oh, I, I never feel I wanna, bad. I want to roll some dice. Like it's it's fun. That's the game.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, your 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 passive perception. Oh, your perception <laughs> skill isn't supposed to be like, oh, you always succeed across this threshold. Thresholds don't exist. People are malleable. People change. People have off days and on days. It just affects how often you are successful and that oftenness is decided by the die roll that you are always at the uh, mercy of the dice there should the threshold thing is i don't it doesn't even make sense to me in the context of a of a game i mean i i would
0: disagree i think the thresholds are important um um, i think it's you know there are certain things that are going to be harder than others so they need to have a higher dc um but I think you know people also screw up. Like it doesn't matter if you are a professional. I don't know basketball player. You're gonna miss a basket sometimes. Like right, it's, exactly. Like it doesn't matter how good you are. Like maybe there's a loose floorboard and you trip. Like it may- maybe yeah, maybe maybe uh, a mosquito flew into your eye and you miss the trap you were looking for. Like damn, it- <laughs> rough. <laughs> yeah, like like you know there's there's a million reasons why somebody who is typically good at something can fail. Uh, a check. So I, I I think thresholds are important, but I also think that they are not. You know, I think they're they're a good tool for the DM to figure out. Like, yeah, they're they're a tool. They're not like a like a law. You know, just, you can just you can ignore the, them, but they're there to guide you.
2: Yeah, just regarding the pa- the passive skill things, though, those threshold those are the thresholds. I'm. That I consider boring. Threshold's hmm. too generic to say are bad for games. That's not Got what I'm it. saying, but the passives are just like, I'm not, and honestly, I don't even want to say I think the passives are bad. Um, I've, at, at this point, having DM'd for over a month or so. Uh, now um, it's something that i look at and i wrote it down and i tried it once and i didn't like it when i used it and i'm not really finding a good situation to use it again so i'm totally open to the possibility that it's a failing on my creativity uh to utilize this in an interesting way uh, but i don't think my so my current
0: i've been i've been you know i'm also not a veteran at this but i but i've been DMing mm-hmm. a little bit longer uh, you know i oh, yeah. I've, I've been going probably almost a year now um but uh I've I rarely use it largely because there's just too much to keep track of as a DM and I forget about it. Um mm. but <laughs> but it's good thing. to keep in the back of your mind. I the I've only ever used it once actually that I can think of, um which is there was a secret room that was hidden behind a fireplace and mm-hmm. uh my players had the passive perception to notice like the the entrance basically, but mm. they didn't even think to like investigate the room um so they were Mm -hmm. literally just going to walk through this room with the entrance in it and do nothing and so i i i said like i forget exactly what i said but i I didn't draw their attention directly to the entrance but i made the i made it so they noticed something in the room that was interesting enough to keep them there and look um and because like i wanted them to at least try like it was an interesting room on the other side um and otherwise you know my prep is for nothing because they're never going to go back there so um (laughs) So so yeah, I mean you can use it in that way. That's the only way I've I've thought of is to like sort of draw their attention to something rather than just like give it to them because their perception meets a certain number.
2: I uh, one of my favorite things that I've been doing, uh, and maybe you've noticed this or not, I really enjoy making players roll for memory checks, which is like a straight intelligence roll. Like you can have writ written down and you can just know it, but if you're asking me if you remember something, I'm I'm gonna make you roll for it, and that's something I really enjoy doing.
0: I used to do that, um, and then Ooh. it was pointed out to me that, and similar similar to teaching, right? Like, I I have this thing like, if not memorized, like I know it pretty well. The the story we're playing, um, like I've spent a lot of time fleshing out these characters and planning the adventure and stuff like that. And if it's been a week or two since we've played, if it's been six months since they encountered this thing, even if it's only been a week of in-game time, usually mm. I'll just tell them because, like, they, you know, I'm going to remember and they might not, um, when realistically their characters would because it's it's only been a week or so and it's, like, a fairly important fact that they're trying to remember maybe. um. You know, if they're if they're trying to remember, like what color was that signpost we saw two months of in-game time ago that nobody really took special notice of? Yeah, I'm not. No, you don't get that. But if they're like, <laughs> what was that nobleman name that we met? You know, a day or two ago of in-game time that was really six months ago. I'll just tell them.
2: It's a good point. That's a it's a good point because it does highlight one of the difficult parts of playing D anD. d Which is usually very often people play with a week between mm-hmm. sessions and each session is really like a day um, maybe so that's really <laughs> i mean it, it can it can vary but on average let's just say mm-hmm. um so, and that and that's conflicting like and i think that's a good point like oh you should remember it if it was a day ago i'll, I'll take this into consideration <laughs> i st- i still think i like I, I like using it for certain things. I definitely don't use it all the time, but mm. I think it, it's a good reminder for me to hear uh, that, oh yeah, this was technically yesterday and there's no reason you would need to roll to check for that. Um, yeah. But I yeah, think it's just for me one it, of the many challenges.
0: For me, it comes down to how significant the piece of information was and how long ago oh, yeah. it was in game. Um, like I said, if it's, if it's a really insignificant piece of information, uh yeah you probably gonna need to roll like a memory check for that <laughs> but if but it, but like if it's something that would have stuck with your character and and you the player have forgotten because it was just so long ago like especially like in this campaign like we're we're literally going on month nine or ten of it now um wow. and we're maybe a couple weeks of in-game time um so like you know most things i will just tell them because if they're trying to go back to something in session one or two realistically for their characters that was like two weeks ago uh so they probably remember (laughs) it even if they're
1: even if their player does not
2: yep it's a great point
1: i'm looking at this uh follow-up list that we have here and (laughs) all of the games are rpgs really i mean the last one's arguably well all um, games are RPGs. we'll get there later yeah uh but that's Including that's kind of characters. funny you No, know, like i mean most of the things on the list are like obviously rpgs which is <laughs> i think kind of a funny thing
2: one of them has rpg in the name
1: yeah one of them has rpg in the name Ooh. the next one
2: makes it nice and easy super
1: mario rpg uh, uh, a game that neither uh, dan you haven't played this game right
0: <laughs> <laughs> me play a mario game come on
1: <laughs> okay so neither oh, we'll i or dan that. have played this game but I, but I did watch. Uh, I, I watched a bit of it. Um, I at least got a sense. Um, I've mentioned on the show before that I've played other games that people have told me have been inspired by this game. So that was my motivation to watch a little bit of it. Um, and I watched the very end of the game. Um, yeah, what do you think of this game? You spent a lot of time playing it. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> It became kind of a meme, to give you more time to think. It became no, kind I'm of a meme thinking, because... I'm stewing. <laughs> There's, uh, this game kind of became the backup game uh, that happens when other games failed. Because yeah. I tried to stream A Link to the Past. And the 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 cartridge failed, and so he played the Mario game. And then I tried to stream Life is Strange, and my internet failed. And uh, so he streamed more of the Mario game. So it has this like it has this Jumanji ethos in the <laughs> pixel noise lore at this point that like it's you're not allowed to play other games until you finish Super Mario <laughs> RPG. <laughs>
2: Which thank God I finished it for that reason. All right, I have, I have. Uh, I've I think I have more questions than answers, but that said, I do have more oh, answers than Very I did good. previously. Uh, so here's here's some information for people uh, who aren't familiar with Super Mario RPG: The Legend of the Seven Stars. <laughs> uh, game came out for Full the title. S- came out. It's true. Uh, came out for the Super Nintendo. I think in 1996 um it is uh, cr- uh, developed by square which also developed the Final Fantasy series um the Final Fantasy uh footprint is is clear as day in Super Mario RPG um, for those familiar with the paper Mario series might think oh I'm can I probably have an idea of what Super Mario RPG is like. I played Paper Mario. Uh well, you uh no, actually. It the, all you got is like RPG classic JRPG turn-based combat, level up system. Yeah, like it is that style of game. Uh Paper Mario is very different. Uh this game is much more similar to Final Fantasy. Uh the way um you collect equipment and armor, the way you use items, uh even the way st- uh, the numbers are utilized. How do I say this? Uh, the, the better way to say it is the magnitude of numbers is very different in Mario RPG than it is in Paper Mario. Paper Mario, one of the s- most terrifying attacks uh, that you can encounter from the final boss is an attack that will do uh, either 20 or 30 damage. Uh, 20 and 30 damage is level 1 in Mario RPG. This game scales up to the 100s and the 500s, uh, which you might expect from a Final Fantasy game, uh, which, again, this game is highly based on. You have a large uh, party uh, that you add to over time with more members. Um, you also have uh, three members in your party during combat instead of two, which Paper Mario has. Uh, Paper Mario does this weird thing, though, where the second party member doesn't actually have a health bar. Uh, so that's weird. They're sort of just like an accessory to Mario. In the first Paper Mario, they actually revert that system um, after the... uh and uh, when they reach Thousand-Year Door. Uh, a lot of items in the game uh, have one-to-one uh, comparisons to Final Fantasy items. Um... There's an item called a pick-me-up, which is basically just a phoenix down. Uh, You have all the mushrooms, which are basically potions and things like that. Um, You do have a magic meter uh, in this game, uh, which is called Flower Points, which is also saved into Paper Mario. Um, And it's it's also a lot more grindy. I think the grindiness of the game makes it more similar to Final Fantasy than the Paper Mario series. The thing that I'm trying to figure out now... Because I've this I've encountered this a few times. Super Nintendo games are interesting. Super Nintendo games are uh, pixelated, reasonably simple. Although uh, you know, I I mean, this game took me what twenty something hours to beat. Like they have good uh, amounts of gameplay time. Unlike NES games where you have The Legend of Zelda, which takes 40 hours to beat, but only because you're exploring the same map over and over and over and over and over and over. Um, so the Super Nintendo really gets to expand on the amount of data and the amount of exploration that you have. And, and I keep coming back to this. I have no nostalgia for the style. And I think that's one of my biggest conflicts uh, with people who love Super Nintendo games. Uh, is that a lot of that love seems like it's coming from their childhood having played it, and coming back to this console without nostalgia makes games like Mario RPG really difficult to play because I think the JRPG the classic JRPG system is really outdated and basically obsolete at this point. Uh, just ask Square Enix; I think they agree with me based on how they've <laughs> been developing their games recently. Final <laughs> Fantasy Seven, Final S- Fantasy Fifteen, um, uh, Chrono Trigger. Chrono Trigger is amazing. Incredible, excellent, especially in the '90s. It's a, it's it's a, it's so creative that it can still hold up, but mechanically, it's very difficult to play for someone like me who's no nostalgia for it. Um, and those are the games that I can really spoke speak to the most because those are the two Super Nintendo games that I finished. That said, the final thing that the final thing that I want to lead off on here is. The Paper Mario series uh, has received, I've heard, criticisms uh, for the series from people who like Mario RPG. I think because they took this uh, spiritual sequel to Mario RPG and changed it fundamentally. And I think those fundamental changes can be very difficult for people to swallow if you're familiar with a certain system already. And I think that's... And I, and my guess is that's where a lot of the criticisms come come from. Um, you could maybe argue that Paper Mario is easier. I don't know that that's true. Um, I would have to replay the series. It's been a, uh, a little while. But the Paper Mario series makes a lot of interesting decisions to kind of make it its own thing while still remaining true to a lot of JRPG tropes and even remaining true to being a sequel to Mario RPG. Uh, but those fundamental changes... You know, for me, growing up with the Paper Mario series, I enjoyed it immensely. Those changes make the decisions they made for that game make a lot of sense to me. But coming from Mario RPG, I can understand it being a struggle. Trying to go back to Mario RPG, having never played it before, makes similarly makes those changes v- a difficult pill to swallow.
1: So something that's interesting about this to me, as you're describing it and the and the comparisons between Final Fantasy and mario rpg and paper mario Mm -hmm. it sort of sounds to me at least in how you're i haven't really played much of any of these games but it sounds to me at least in how you just described it that you have the final fantasy idea that was um mostly copied maybe simplified a little bit into Mm -hmm. mario rpg and then simplified a lot more into paper mario yeah like the when you're talking about like the differences in the items, the differences in the magnitude of the numbers, the differences in how the t- how the party works yep. and um things like that it sounds like by the time you get to paper mo- it's almost as if they're trying to make this game format more accessible maybe and um and that might be a reason behind the changes so i was you know i was reflecting a lot and i'm not going to talk too much about pokemon because i you know, I I want to keep that as its own topic, but one of the one of the things I was reflecting on after finishing my first Pokemon game last night was um, how I never really got into JRPGs, and um, and what my history of access was, and the the JRPG that I had the most access to when I was young was Final Fantasy X, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I didn't get into. I thought it was uh I mean it's hard to remember, but I think I think Slow. I remember thinking it was <laughs> too <laughs> it was it, it was too complicated and it was just not it was just not the kind of game that I wanted to play. Um and you know, I yeah, like I just wonder, like do like do do you think that this might be possible that as they're making the transition into Paper Mario that they're trying to make a JRPG that's more accessible to people?
2: Um is do like do I think that was their goal with the design of Paper Mario? Is that what you're asking? Sure. I guess I guess it could be two questions. Was that their goal or is that what it does regardless of their goal? Um Yeah, yeah, kind of both those things. Oh, that's it's it's hard for me to answer that question, I feel like, because I am someone who also Uh, Unfortunately, I also have nostalgia for Final Fantasy X. Um, Let me say this concretely really quick. I used to love JRPGs. I no longer enjoy JRPGs. That's just a fact. Um, That said, I still have nostalgia for Final Fantasy X and Paper Mario, which makes me able to play those games uh, because I know a lot of the information and can kind of solve puzzles a lot more efficiently. Whereas having to learn new systems, new item lists, new stats um, in new games is just no longer interesting to me. Just to learn that hard data. Uh, final th- is do I think I don't know if I think JRPGs are complicated or necessarily inaccessible, and that's also a different like because you also have to think about it in the context of Paper Mario came out in I think also two thousand or ni- like in the nineteen ninety eight to two thousand range, uh, I think. Um, so at that time, I th- yeah I I do think they wanted to make it more accessible, particularly to a younger audience. I think Super Mario RPG was a little bit more mature than a Mario title tends to be, and this is a time period where uh, when Mario RPG came out, Super Mario was only ten years old, <laughs> um, and maybe their identity for what Mario is now wasn't quite uh, as concrete. So I think, yeah, I think it just is a very clear stepping stone towards moving towards the identity they want for Paper Mario. Smaller numbers, much more cartoon. It's called Paper Mario. They're all paper cutouts of things, and it's a storybook. I think it's a lot more uh, child-friendly and cute. Um, And, you know, so part of that attractiveness uh, towards that uh, demographic probably is included like a simplification uh to make it more accessible to that demographic that was the most complicated way i could answer that question yeah i had to i was filtering through all the information in my head
1: yeah yeah no no and and i i i I think that makes a lot of sense and you know if if we don't have too much more to say on super mario rpg we could move into pokemon emeralds oh we would but um (laughs) you know this uh kind of um yeah, the, the accessibility of of the games is of this game format is interesting, you know, because we have these new Pokemon games. We have the uh, we have the Let's Go games, but also like Sword and Shields mm-hmm. that have done a lot of things to make the games really um accessible, mm-hmm. right? Like I I haven't played very much of them. I don't know a lot about it, but I played a little bit of them and I put them down pretty quickly because I just got the feeling that i you know i i don't know i just like like i felt like i was playing a baby game for babies (laughs) like Mm. like it's i was playing with a tinker toy i wasn't you know um playing with something that i wanted to be playing with as an adult and that's not to say that it's wrong or that it shouldn't exist but like i just got a very clear sense that these new pokemon games were not for me and Mm. um maybe maybe we can address that quickly and our thoughts about that before we go well yeah yeah
2: I mean, Pokemon is the example I was thinking of, um, because I made the argument earlier, which I really only just formulated now. I think it is difficult for a fan of Mario RPG to transition to Paper Mario, and I think it's a difficult for a fan of Paper Mario to transition to Super Mario RPG because they have these fundamental changes. Like you're not just learning a new system, you're unlearning a known system and unlearning a no, a system that presumably you enjoy. So you don't want to unlearn that. Pokemon right. is Pokemon is what I'm thinking about when I'm saying that. Um it is I'm what I am what the internet calls a gen 1er. I, it was really really hard for me. To accept the fact that there are 894, 96 Pokemon right now. That's, that's crazy. Uh But there's, you know, there's a lot of changes that were made to Pokemon. And and I, I hung on for a while. Like, oh, it's Gen 2. Cool, there's new Pokemon. Gen 3, all right. Still more Gen 4, 5, 6. Set. We're on Gen 8 now, I think. So, like, all these changes, I think, left a number of people behind, not everyone, there's still plenty of fans of the series uh, who grew up with the series, Uh, but there is that conflict that can occur and what's really interesting with the games that you brought up, Tony is that Pokemon, uh, Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee um, are very different Uh, they're very much a mixture of classic Pokemon games, the traditional mainline series games, as well as Pokemon Go uh, because of the way you catch Pokemon and interact with battles. Um, and then you have Sword and Shield, which is much more a typical mainline series games. You know, it's on the Switch, it's got new features, which most Pokemon games add and subtract things uh, over time. But we also have the Pokemon Legends game coming out, which is going to be another new style of game. It's interesting... It kind of seems like Nintendo's experimenting with their Pokemon formula, and they're doing it with these games that look a lot more like main series titles. Like we've seen bizarre Pokemon games, like Mystery Dungeon was this um, real time. It wasn't even. I don't, I don't even know if it was real time, but it was a beat 'em up game basically. Um, and there's Pokemon Ranger was a weird mini game. I don't even. I don't know. Uh, but like let's go and pokemon legends like these are full games that they're putting a lot of time and effort into um i would be surprised that this is indicating a shift in the mainline series games but i think i think nintendo's interested in like you know this pokemon go thing this was really popular maybe maybe we should start moving in that direction and pokemon legends might be just the next big uh transition for that um What was your question?
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I guess just comparing the new Pokemon games to the old games, we were talking about accessibility of RPGs, um, like accessibility of JRPGs and how. Yeah, it's it's interesting that uh, it seems more like I can put it this way. I can have a lot more appreciation for these changes in the newer games, if I can think about it in the context of they're experimenting with this very established, mm-hmm. very popular formula, and they're trying to do some different things with it. And you're right, I wasn't I wasn't thinking about this when I started this conversation, but Go was extremely popular, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's that's going to have an effect. Uh, for a for a. For for, for yeah. better or for worse.
2: Well, it makes them think about like their new money making decisions, like, oh, Pokemon Go is this big right. thing. How do we how do we milk that cow even more? Right. Yeah, Pokemon is classically an RPG. I've there's very it little is. debate about that. I have no interest in debating what is or is <laughs> not an RPG at the moment, uh, for once. Uh but Yeah, we don't need to. But as as we heard, uh po- Tony, you did just finish your first Pokemon game last night and I just looked it up. It was an 8-hour stream yesterday. That's man, dude, you hmm wow. That's uh, there's a lot of questions here. I, but uh the floor is yours. I haven't done that in quite a while. Uh
1: <laughs> stream for that long. I'm I'm still pretty tired. Good. Uh, <laughs> good. Um but uh it was it, it was great to have Symmetric heart there. Uh whole keepin', journey keeping us going the whole time, the whole journey. Um yeah. Uh finished Emerald. The in-game timer was like just over 30 hours, I think, something like that. Which was um, you know, that's that that's inc- I don't know how to describe this, but that's including the fast forwarding. <laughs> right, right. So, the actual um, time is wasn- gonna
2: be less than that. Because the timer was sped right. up when using the fast forward on our uh, legitimate hardware,
1: very fast <laughs> Game Boy, yeah, that fast Game Boy hardware um, <laughs> that I'm currently recording this podcast on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, it's 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 kind of hard to know where to begin. Uh, well, i I had fun with it. <laughs> I think well, I. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I think, I think I have an appreciation for it. Um, I think I have more of an understanding and more of an appreciation for it now. Uh, you know, there was, there was some decision, most of it over my head to play this one as opposed to other ones. Um, most of that decision came to that. I had tried a little bit of gen one and tried a little bit of eighth gen and I profess that I didn't really like either. And so the next suggestion was to try Gen right three because apparently <laughs> some people think some people think Gen three is really good, and other people don't. And this is the thing that things that Pokemon fans talk about, and that's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I I thought I thought Gen three was nice. I think there were there were some things about this game that I didn't get from other Pokemon games I've tried. I think the first thing that comes to mind is i felt like this game had a lot of character i -hmm. felt like this game had um clever writing not all the time but (laughs) in (laughs) in in, in pockets of where you would go to check something like the 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 first thing you so you start a new game and the first thing you do is you're moving to a new house uh with your mom Mm -hmm. And you're in this, like, little confined space, and it's moved jostling around, and then an exit opens to your right. And then um, the exit opens to your right, and you get out, and you realize you get out of the back of a truck. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you realize that you were in the <laughs> back in of the, the moving truck. You were <laughs> with <laughs> with the boxes. Yep. <laughs> and then the game like addresses that when you have one of your first dialogues with your mom and just like brushes it off. Yep. And hangs a lantern on it. And I just thought that was so funny. And there are just like lots of little things like that through the game that I I just found especially rewarding that's to me very important to enjoying a game like this. It really uh you know, it has to have character you know we're going to talk about this more when we talk about Deltarune because i think that sort of you know like the, the Undertale and Deltarune were inspired by the Pokemon games oh, yeah. um to some extent and you see lots of shadows of you know them in each other uh and, and i think that one of the things that Toby Fox does really well is takes that like finding moments of cleverness but just does it all of the time like you know everything you find and all the corners you check. Like there's always something interesting to find, which is something that um, I think Alex, you were talking about earlier. When, oh, I'm so um, ready. Cl- closer <laughs> to playing it, but there, but yeah, but but there, there were bits of that in this, and that made it, uh, you know, very rewarding. Because like I had previously said that I find the idea of the Pokemon games being RPGs very strange, because the stories because for me role playing has a lot to do with story and the stories of the pokemon games are not their strongest asset mm-hmm. i think few people would disagree <laughs> with that uh the the, the 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 strengths of the pokemon games are um you get to um immerse yourself in this world of information and uh it's this great opportunity especially for kids to uh Through their own intrinsic motivation and hard work basically like achieve mastery over this specific domain of information right like um you know you can learn all these different types all these different creatures all their different interactions with each other all the different moves and what they do um and things like that and yeah it's uh, of, of course, I would have enjoyed it much more if that was my interest. If, if, I, if I needed that in my life, I feel like to optimally enjoy this kind of game, I would need to have a need for that in my life, you know, like wanting to immerse myself in this world of information that I could achieve mastery over. And maybe that's, you know, that's not what, e- of course, that's probably not what everyone gets out of Pokemon, but that's at least... In my understanding of the world, that's how I can understand. That's how I can empathize with somebody really enjoying this. Honestly, that's why I enjoy Slay the Spire too. That's why I enjoy uh,
0: Hades to an extent. Like it's you kind of know the same. You kind of know what's going to happen, even like even in Pokemon, even though it's not a, a dungeon crawler or a uh, um, rogue like it is. You kind of know what's going to happen, and that's you know by virtue of all of the games essentially largely being the same with some minor tweaks um and i i think that's what kept me going longer than i might otherwise have gone um where you know i I definitely started losing interest around after like around gen 4 and after that um but i kept trying stuff and i still keep trying stuff when a new pokemon game comes out because i'm like yeah maybe i'll like this one because i and and it's even though it's been a while since i played one it's it's there's nothing surprising really like it's still the same general idea you know collect them all and uh go fight the pokemon league and gym battles and it's it's the same idea it's it's, it's not it's a low barrier to entry um and i think it can be rewarding to feel like you have really like you said mastered this uh little little world uh and you kind of know what's you kind of know what to expect and you feel like you uh uh, you know, you feel like you're really good at it, um, which, which like you said, for some people can be a ve- really, valuable
2: experience with the advent of the internet. I think something that made it difficult for me to enjoy what we're calling mastery over this world is I like uh, Mario Kart 64 is a really good example of a game that I really love. And I know a bunch about, um, and there's this whole group or culture or just organization of people um, who know the game worlds better than I do. And I'm like, I mean, like, prob- I could probably say I'm in the 1% of the entire human population uh, as far as, like, how much knowledge I have about Mario Kart 64. Like, I know so much compared to hundreds and thousands of people around me. But one step beyond my knowledge base is just... You know, there's no competition. Like they know people know so much. And I think my problem is that that barrier to like feel like feeling like I'm the master, like becoming a Pokemon master. It's like, (laughs) well, you know, if you get it to competitive stats, actually like this Pokemon's really good and this move that you thought sucked is amazing. And it's like, God, how what? How do you that doesn't man, damn it? Like it's so hard to acquire that mastery with uh of with the availability of information. Um, which, you know, it makes a game uh, like Slay the Spire. I think th- I think that explanation uh, tells me why I like Slay the Spire because you can have as much mastery of this game as possible. Um, some people are incredibly good at this game. Um, this is not a game uh, that has been solved though. Like the mm. best players in the world still lose a majority of the time, which is crazy. Um, so that's like you can keep pushing, but like no one has solved it. You're not so mm-hmm. far behind everyone else. like you're still I lose more than other people uh that are better than me, uh, but even the people that are better than me um haven't haven't solved everything yet. I don't know it's it's it i it's yeah. and that just describes my personal threshold for where I right. feel like I have achieved a a a a satisfactory amount of mastery
1: I, right well I'm, I'm really glad you said that because that's something that was coming up with uh conversations with with me and for sim like this idea of the threshold of of what you consider to be this mm. mastery you know uh because in our playthrough and and i, w- I would really call it our playthrough because yep. he was he was basically playing the game as much as i was <laughs> and that's how i enjoyed playing the game like you know this is also under the umbrella of i didn't go in saying like oh i need to I don't need to go in and reinvent the wheel and like figure everything out for myself for the first time, especially because of this availability of information. And also because I'm trying to economize on time, at least a little bit, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I mean, I'm I'm at least somewhat a busy adult with some important <laughs> things to do. And <laughs> uh, yeah, like if, if, if I had just 100 hours I wanted to sink into this, I could really go around and check all these different corners and do all these different things. Uh, to learn all the stuff on my own, but I really wasn't interested in doing that. I was interested in progressing. I was interested in getting to the end of the game, and I was interested in. I was interested in gi- being given strategy, and you know, giving my ideas on that strategy, as opposed to, uh, you know, feeling like I had to come up with all the strategy myself. And that made playthrough a lot faster. It made progression a lot faster. It just made me a lot more successful, and I had a lot more fun playing the game. Uh, Surely, if I had been playing this entirely by myself, I really it would be very unlikely I would have finished it Mm -hmm. because it's would have just been a lot of trial and error and, uh, you know, it would have been very frustrating. So that's all to say. And also that uh, (laughs) trying to go back to your point, Alex, that like it was never our goal to try to. (laughs) It sounds funny to say, but it was never our goal to be the very best. It was never (laughs) our goal to play the game the most optimally that you can possibly play it. Uh, or even approach that or even try to do that um you know uh we we just played through the game very casually and made decisions as far as like keeping moves and which uh who to have on our team and what uh, optional activities to do you know just make those decisions based on like an av what I would call like an average level of Pokemon knowledge not not anything too advanced because, you know, again, we wanted to keep progressing, and we wanted to not get into too many arguments about things because it's it's easy to do because there's lots of different ways because one of the strengths of the game is lots of different combinations, lots of different ways you can play it and uh, and 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 that's what we're able to prioritize. And I think that um i I think that it worked really well above it. You know the funny thing about the internet is once you have access to all this information, you know more than ever how much you don't know right? mm-hmm. <laughs> about about something. And um, I think that you're right. Pokemon is fundamentally different now than it was when we were kids and had less access to the internet because when you have the world of Pokemon and it's it's just you and your game boy. And, you know, may- maybe a book, if you're into that kind of thing, Um, there is a v- that that's what I mean by like, you can have mastery over this domain is like I can find all the things in this game and I can read through a book and I can, you know, I-, I can really master everything. And now that we're in this, you know, age of such easy access to the Internet, you're right. I think I think it is fundamentally different. I think it's, you know, it's much harder to feel that sense of mastery because there's just so much mm-hmm. information
2: right as opposed to just having it distilled in just your game boy yeah you're only trying to become a master in comparison to the npcs like you just got to beat wallace or gary <laughs> or you know dr dick whatever you call them
1: um, <laughs> no but I, th- I think the ceiling is just so high i yeah. think
0: that's the way i think about it though still even even with you know, all of the internet and everything out there. And I think that's also kind of why I don't enjoy streaming to an extent too, is like, I don't want to compare myself to everybody else when I'm playing a video game. Like, I'm not trying to be better than other people. I'm not trying to be somebody who, uh, you know, is playing in an interesting way. I just want to play in a way that is fun to me. And like, if I feel like I have mastered it Maybe, maybe master is the wrong word. If I feel like I have improved to a level that is, uh, a level that I feel, um, proud of, I guess, maybe, um, I don't know if that's the right word either. Uh, but like if I, if I feel like I can get to a level in a game where I don't have to think about every single action and there's some, some level of like, um, I know this well enough where I don't have to give one hundred percent of my focus all the time. Like to me, that's sort of what I mean when I say I've mastered a game. Um, like Slay the Spire, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not sitting there reading what each card does. Like I know what they do. Same with the relics. Um, with uh, with Pokemon, right, you've, up you've mastered up until... the
2: language of it.
0: Yeah, maybe that's a better way of thinking about it. Like with with Pokemon, rather than like. When I say master it, what I what I'm what I mean in my world is like up until a certain generation at least, like I know I know what the certain type matchups are. I know like how a certain Pokemon might change my team dynamic. I know when I go against a, a gym leader what to do. Um and I think that's that's sort of what I'm getting at. Like, I'm not trying to be better than, you know, different streamers or like a professional gamer or whatever. Like I just want to be better than i was when i started and uh you know have some sort of like high level of competence
1: yeah no that's a really good point and i i i you know i'd like to say that i i think i feel the same way um almost exactly uh and uh i i try to bring that to my streaming whenever i can um streaming is much more enjoyable for me if i if i don't think of it as you know in Direct competition mm-hmm. to everyone else, and it certainly it certainly doesn't have to be sure. um I, I think that streaming is 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 whatever you make of it. Uh, you know our uh, just just to use this Pokemon game as specific example yeah. it was it was a very casual playthrough i mean <laughs> as
0: as we've spoken about, there there are are other other more important reasons I don't enjoy streaming as well, and you know, yeah. based on you know the the way in which I enjoy video games um and don't enjoy putting on a show um or, or or I don't know if that's how you would phrase it but that that's how I think of it um but but yeah I, th- I think that that's
2: yeah. at least a part of it as someone who is on stream often compared himself to others and tried wait what, what stream would or, that be uh, 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 many of them uh, slave no, 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 Spires, that, that was a, a, uh, that
0: was a um, <laughs> that that was that was an in to plug the, the channel what, what stream would that be? <laughs>
2: Oh, if if you're at the podcast and you don't know the channel, first of all, how the hell did you get here? Second of all, tell us how you got here via the Discord and the link. And third of all, we're on Twitch. It's the name of the podcast. It's Pixel Noise with the FM at the end because it's radio. (laughs) But it's on (laughs) the the stream. Um, the, The thing that's interesting about this to me is that I was... Master Ring Celeste. I'm gonna use Celeste in his exam- as an example. Very popular speedrun game, uh, platformer. I but I when I stopped playing Celeste, I believed that I stopped at a point where I wasn't even close to my maximum potential with that game. However, uh, I had learned so much different techniques and shortcuts and uh skills in the game. Uh, I had learned so much, but I I did hit a roadblock. There's a particular skill in that game. I think it's called uh, Ultra Dash or Ultra Hyper Dash, like all these ridiculous names. Um, but I, I, I never understood how that worked, um, and I tried looking it up, and it was difficult to find information or for me to understand it, and I just kind of hit a roadblock, and I could have done more research, and I could have even talked to people in the community, but... I'd also achieved so much that I was like, all right, this is a more difficult roadblock for me to overcome that. When I overcome it, then I have to redo a lot of the things I have learned. And it was just like, it was, it was, it would have been a lot um to climb that mountain. But I, yeah. I also had a similar experience with Hades where I was trying to beat the game from a fresh file. This is a sort of challenge run and also another popular speed run category, um, to beat the game, uh, to beat a run from a perfectly fresh file with no upgrades, and I thought that was an interesting challenge. Uh, little did I know it was a challenge I was ho- wholly unprepared for. <laughs> um, one of the, and one of the skills I was missing was uh, taking advantage of invincibility frames when you dash in that game, uh, because that was necessary in order to avoid certain attacks, and I had. Uh, basically run my head against the wall uh, over and over again, trying to beat a fresh file without knowing that. And then I was taught that basically. And I realized, Oh, Oh, that's hard to do to dash, (laughs) uh, to, to dash through attacks in order to take advantage of invincibility frames. It's really, uh, it's difficult. Um, So I also similarly petered off of playing Hades and the, so the, basically the thing that I just wanted to say out loud is, you know, my limit for a game, because it doesn't bother me that I'm not the best. I, I'm never trying to be the best. I don't really care. It'd be cool, but that's never like an active thought process, which I know is, I, there's plenty of people I talk to who feel differently. I, all, I'm i always interested in improving and improving and pro- improving insofar as I can keep learning something. Like what like once I can learn how to ultra-dash, I don't mind practicing it. I don't mind getting better at it. But like if I don't understand it, like well, I'm not I don't want to run my head against the wall hoping to get better or accidentally stumbling on the answer. I don't love trial and error. Um if I don't basically if I don't have a goal in front of me, that will sour the experience for me. But other than that, I like the comparison to other people thing and the improving, uh, I have a very high ceiling for. Um, my only limitation being my own intelligence, I suppose.
1: Right, right, right. So that's all to say that um, the Pokemon games are uh, still, they, they still feel like a weird kind of RPG for me because um, as a player, I really want to be able to influence, I, I really want to influence story outcomes. Um, and that's not just, you know, just getting different endings, but finding new story content in a game. That maybe I wouldn't have found if I hadn't gone down this other path, or if I hadn't done this other thing. Mm -hmm. And there are there are bits of this, there there are bits of that in Pokemon Emeralds, Uh, you know, not nearly as much as other games that I enjoy, and it's certainly not the focus of the game. So uh, this is not a a type of game or a series of games I think I'm gonna you know fall in love with or like become a fan of uh, because it's just. You know, it's it's. Ju- I I think it's just not exactly what I'm looking for, and I feel like I can say that very confidently now that I've, you know, actually followed one through to the end, um, and and found things along the way. You know, <laughs> made some friends along the way, and found things to appreciate about it. You know, the other the other thing that I was reflecting on when I was thinking about this last night was um, the idea of having a friend sort of guide you through the game or like playing through mm-hmm. with somebody else, which is something that. That's something that Sim and I have talked about a lot and is like a big part of how we enjoy games um, that we for these kind of games that are, you know, especially retro games, games that don't give you a lot of scaffolding and and mm-hmm. how to get through them or a lot of route guidance or or or, or, or anything that we uh, or at least I have come to expect in modern games. Uh, you know, it's it's a lot more enjoyable to have somebody who is already a you know, maybe not an expert, like who knows how to define that, but like somebody who knows a lot about the game to, uh, to, uh, to guide you through it. And I just, you know, I, I just, I just, I think, I think that's a lot of fun. And I think that if when I was younger, I had a friend like that, you know, somebody mm-hmm. who knew about the game, who could like invite me into this space. Uh, I think there's a much better chance that I would have become a fan of the series. And but then I thought, well, you know, if, then if I had nostalgia for the game, I probably wouldn't be having nostalgia for the game. I'd probably just be having nostalgia for the fun time I spent with the good friends. Mm. And I think that that's valuable. Uh, you know, and that's not to imply that that's any less valuable than, you know, having nostalgia for for the game itself. But I think it's just an interesting thing to think about. Um you know like where does where does where does the nostalgia come from and for these shared experiences that we have with games how much of it is actually about the game and how much of it is about you know the time in our life and the maybe the you know the the, the real life friends we made along the way
0: yeah no that's a really good point i hadn't thought of before um and i mean i think with pokemon you can draw a direct comparison to digimon which is very similar uh, and i couldn't care less about it um <laughs> and I think if I really liked Pokemon as far, I'd probably also really like Digimon. Um, so maybe, maybe you're right. Like I, I didn't have that sort of shared experience you're talking about. I, I liked the game because I, I liked the game as a kid, but you know, maybe that's just what it was. It's the nostalgia of being a child and playing this game that was like consuming all of my attention that I was obsessed with. Um, and you know, that's something that I still look for in a game. You know, hundreds of hours logged into Slay the Spire and stuff like that. Right. Um, so, you know, maybe it's just this nostalgia for having a really good game in front of me. Um, and, yeah. I mean, maybe that, that that would explain why I don't particularly enjoy the new Pokemon games, um, but still want to give them a shot in the hopes I do. Uh, yeah, that's that's a great point.
2: I think the nostalgia that you would feel if you shared this experience with a friend, I still think there would be this like bleeding into uh, effects. Like you would still have nostalgia for Pokemon because basically just like having uh, this, uh, you, you would be able to see Pokemon and have, you know, good memories. So you have a positive association with it. So I think it's, I don't think you can detach one from the other necessarily, But yeah, there is a distinction there, and I think that's why over time I eventually stopped enjoying the Pokemon series. Like I basically eventually came to the realization that maybe it was something I needed at the time, or maybe it isn't. Maybe I wasn't enjoying it for the reasons I wanted to. And eventually, as I started observing the kind of things I do want to do and want to enjoy, I realized that Pokemon didn't no longer fulfilled that as much as I wanted it to. I'm still a Pokemon fan at heart because they got me in at a young age and that's when we're the most impressionable. Uh, So, but I need to, but every time a new Pokemon game comes out, I look at it. I want it, try it. And it's never what I want Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) as, as, as hard as I try. I'm, I think it's interesting. I think one of the interesting things about you playing this game, Tony, is that you said like you felt like a need to finish this game like it was almost a check off of your gamer box of (laughs) you need to finish a Pokemon game and it does help like you've finished a Pokemon game we have a podcast where we spout opinions all day uh so you want to come from an informed perspective um but yeah, now that like what like what is the big difference? Is it just your ability to talk about the game? Uh the fact that you enjoyed the game is interesting to hear. Uh what is it like on the other side of this uh of this rainbow having finished a Pokemon game? I mean, it was sort of like a bucket list thing for me, I okay. feel like,
1: <laughs> at this point. Like it was just it was this thing where um I just I I felt I, I felt compelled to uh at, at least finish one. They're just they're such a big part of this. Of this culture, this, you know, I mean, video gaming is becoming a bigger and bigger quote subculture all the Mm. time. It's, you know, barely a subculture anymore, but uh, it's just, it looms so large in the subculture that um, I really wanted to um, understand it better, I guess, as, as, as a a self-proclaimed member of that culture.
2: Have you finished a Super Mario game? Did I finish Super Mario World? I don't remember. That,
1: that was the one that I played the most when I was a kid. Um Ooh. the the version that was on the Game Boy Advance, whatever it was called.
2: Oh, um, oh, in, oh, this this <laughs> took a turn yeah. I wasn't expecting. <laughs> yeah, Mario no, that was that,
1: that was that was the one that I that I played the most as a kid. Uh, I don't remember if I finished it, honestly. Um which probably means I didn't. But uh yeah. I don't know. Maybe I never really played a 3D Mario game uh, because I, you know, <laughs> I I played some of Odyssey and mm-hmm. determined that that, that that wasn't for me. Um, And uh, yeah, yeah. But that's yeah, that's that'll be a topic for another day.
2: <laughs> Odyssey is a weird game. Mario Super Mario. You played Super Mario World. Interesting. Do you do you feel a similar bucket list kind of thing with the Super Mario series? Or do you think you might have finished it and that's good enough?
1: I don't, I you know, I just, I, I've logged more hours in that. Okay. So yeah, I feel like I, yeah, I guess I, I don't feel, I don't feel a similar kind of bucket list thing. It's probably completely arbitrary. But... No,
2: that's, that's, <laughs> I, I'm literally just curious, like where you uh, where, like what's on your bucket list. If it's not on your bucket list, it's not on your bucket list. Uh, Super Mario world is really interesting. You said you played it on the advance and I just noticed that, Super Mario World is Super Mario Advance 2, which is just the most annoying naming convention in the world, yeah. because Super Mario Brothers 3 came out on the Game Boy Advance as Super Mario Advance 4. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway, an anyway, I don't need to go into this. Um, but Super Mario World, I, I always go back to Super Mario World as the best Mario game. It's not my favorite. like this is my classic example mm. of, I think this game is the best, I think this one is my favorite. Yeah, Super Mario 3 is my favorite, but Mario World, I would man, maybe that's the game that I want to see you play. Cause if you also played it like have any nostalgia for it, maybe there's a chance that you'll actually like it. And I also I also like for a list of reasons think it's the best one. I need man, oh man. Uh this is this is a different topic. We'll save this for later. I
1: have yeah, I have fond memories of it. Um I think Good it's man. a long game. I think it's another Is it a long game. Know, so. I don't i fi-
2: i did finish i mean that's, it that's knowable information but <laughs> yeah i i definitely finished the game once but it was a very it was a long time ago how long to beat says it's at most 10 hours so well maybe it's not i don't know i mean the I, but i'm very bad at platformers so
1: <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's no mine haunts that's for sure it's no mine haunts <laughs> oh my gosh God,
2: man, why don't you talk to us love, about mind Haunt, Tony? What's Mine Haunt. Haunt? Where? What can oh my I? Gosh, what Mine console Haunt. can
1: I buy Mine Haunt on? Uh, let's see. I think it's technically. I I, I, th- I think it's all the modern consoles and uh, and PC, right? Because uh, technically, yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh we, we also played Life is Strange: True Colors. Life um, is Strange um, subheading Mine platform, recently. Right. Uh, which which includes mine haunt uh, which famous I, for. <laughs> which famous for uh, which is an arcade game. It's a game within a game a classic play within a play uh, that's uh, built into this game. It's this uh, uh, retro style two d uh, pixel art platformer uh, it's very straightforward uh, high score game um coin collecting it's 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 kind of it's kind of like a mix of Donkey Kong and uh mario and uh pac-man yeah yeah and uh man i love that game (laughs) i haven't had more fun playing a platformer (laughs) in a very long time and it wasn't just the style it wasn't just the game that was around it because there's another arcade game (laughs) within life is strange true colors (laughs) that's uh downstairs in the bar that's this like classic super breakout style game Way more boring, not nearly as interesting. And I played Super Breakout as a kid and and enjoyed it, so I even have nostalgia for it. But like the, the Breakout game was like no, there was no innovation. I feel like Super over break- the original, it was more of a direct copy. Um, yeah, I but think so. Mine Haunt, Mine Haunt was an interesting like was doing interesting things. I feel like that was, that, I don't know. I just, I had so much fun with it. Every time my character walked <laughs> past the machine, I played another round of mine. I tried to limit myself to one round of mine haunts. Can't, can't just do
0: one. It's not possible,
1: man. It was fun. I often didn't. I often did more <laughs> than one, but uh yeah. Mine haunt. Good game. Um, Yeah. So, so for full disclosure, uh I finished the game. Dan, do you know specifically how far you've gotten in the game?
0: Uh, in terms of like what's the last thing I did or like, you know, like yeah. a loading bar. Like, Okay, yeah, the last... I don't know how much I have left. I'm going to assume it's a lot. Or if um, you can remember what chapter... Yeah, no, no. Remember, I mean, I remember helpful. specifically the last thing I did. I'm just, I am just don't know exactly how much more is left after that. I, I think probably a lot. Uh, but the last thing I did... um. I, I can't remember the guy's name. What's the 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 crappy boyfriend who got into the argument and broke the brother's nose?
1: Uh you know who you're asking the wrong guy for names. I know who you're you talking about Know who I'm
0: about, talking though. about though. <laughs> the yeah. yeah. So the 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 boyfriend of the of the of the yeah. So I confronted him <laughs> on the bridge and did the whole thing where I'm like seeing the world through his eyes and how he's super paranoid. Um and right. Uh then I Spoke to him again and he admitted, uh, spoilers by the way. Um, he uh, he admitted his part in or not his part, but he he admitted how he was blackmailed, um, into saying like there was no phone call. Um, and that's kind of where I left it off. I said I was gonna help him right out, kind of. Um, but that's yeah, I haven't gotten past there yet.
1: So, do we think that's like the end of chapter two? Something like that. I don't remember I
2: don't remember. Something it's, it wise. is something like that. Yeah. I don't I don't think it's yeah. up to chapter 3 yet.
1: Cuz cuz chapter 3 was the one with the different mechanics, right?
2: I think so. I don't remember. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. So, yeah, um yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you're, you're uh, there's, there's five chapters. I don't think that's a spoiler. I think you yeah, can see it in the menu. Um and uh it's uh so yeah. So so you're you're, you're a little under halfway through the game. Um yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun. I think we could talk about it in a, in a non spoilery way. Like, um, you know, <laughs> mind haunt is introduced very early. Yeah. It's very fun.
0: Um, and I don't care, unless the unless uh, talking I, about I, the I can't mechanics re- would be a spoiler. Like, you we can you can talk about that. That's fine. I don't. It's I just don't want to mm-hmm. be spoiled for plot points if possible. And I can also, right. you know, okay. go well, get some lunch well, and come back in a half an hour if you want. <laughs> well, Dan,
3: <laughs> what do you think
0: of the game so far? Yeah, uh, I like it. I mean, I think we talked about it a bit on the last episode, uh, so I don't know if I have too much more to say about it. But, um, you know, it's uh, it's good. I like it. I I have been playing it slightly less than I was the last time we spoke. Um I'm. I was trying to get as far as I could before we recorded, but I was like, "There's no way I'm gonna finish it," and I also don't want to rush through a game I'm enjoying when I when they're, at, right, right now, kind of few and far between. Um. So, yeah, I mean, but I but I am enjoying it. I do have this. I found I have to sort of be in the right headspace for it. Um. It's not a game like Slay the Spire yeah. where I can just kind of like. Be like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna sit on the couch and be exhausted and just like mindlessly go through this a bunch. <laughs> um, I have to be like ready because, like, you know, there's some intense moments. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's good. It's really good. It's my favorite. Life is strange so far. Ooh,
1: I think. Well, that that's an interesting point. Um, and I'll be interested to hear what you think about it when you get to the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, uh, having finished it i think that this is my second favorite of the series
2: that is the correct Um, opinion
1: right (laughs) which 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 alex also agrees with um the 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 uh the the first game uh i think being the the best having uh used its mechanics so well told a great story had some uh yeah just done done a lot of great things um uh, with storytelling which is like Mm. what 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 i uh love about these games the most uh, but, but they definitely, it was great to go back to these games. Like these games are, it's, it's funny cause this is a newer series, but it is a series that I have nostalgia for that I've been playing from the beginning and, uh, they've definitely hooked me and it's also hooked into a friendship I have. And it's like, whenever they make a new one, like I'm going to buy it no matter what, <laughs> like this is one example of just like one of those series, uh, for me. And, uh, it's just, it's great that, uh. That that I I can perceive that they're making improvements uh, over previous iterations. I think the I, I I think the story is better overall. Um, I I like the new mechanic. Uh, they made technical improvements for sure. Yeah, that was the biggest um,
2: no- thing I noticed.
1: Very very noticeable big improvements to character animations. Very noticeable improvements to environmental um design. Very big improvements to lighting. Uh, just like it's just such a better game to look at. And especially like in a game like this where they do a lot of like close like mm. like facial close ups. Like, you know, we're, we're really looking at what this actor is doing with their face. It's critically important that that's like better than it was before because it's historically not been amazing. <laughs> uh, and it and and it, it is it is better. And the game is interesting also because it has this sort of like mix of animation slash live action style. There's like illustrated stuff, but there's also like more realism and they like mix it together. It really has like a as art art aesthetic all its own, uh, which I think is really cool. But yeah, I just they yeah, it's just it's it's a lot better across the board. I think
0: that might actually be why I like it better than the other ones. Um because I do put a lot of stock into like just how especially in a game like this I put a lot of stock into how enjoyable is it to look at it. Um, Because a lot of the... There there are quite a few times where that's literally all I'm doing. Like, I feel like I'm watching a movie sometimes. Right. Um, So that might be why. I mean, you know, if I finish it, I will very comfortably say that uh, it's my favorite one because I haven't finished any of the other ones yet. Um, I enjoyed (laughs) them. They were fine. Uh, But they weren't, like I've said before, they weren't a game that I really it ty- weren't a type of game i really like um and as of right now i fully plan on finishing this one i think it's going to take me a decent amount of time to do it because like i said i have to sort of be in the right
2: mindset but um but i, I yeah. plan on finishing it i don't yeah i don't think i've too much to add um because everything we're saying seems pretty accurate um except i would say uh dan you should definitely play the first one or like finish i mean i have one. I have to, yeah, I would finish the first finish, one. Finish, finish, finish the first one. <laughs> nah, yeah, this is your favorite Life is Straight. It's the only one you've actually played. Let's be real here. Let's be real. That's not uh, true. I
0: played I played a, a decent amount of the first one. And uh you didn't finish the it? second one. Um, I also played, what was like the mini one that they released? Uh, uh, Captain Spirit. Captain Spirit. That one I think I did finish, actually. Um, oh, that's great. No, cuz just cuz it Sounds was a lot great. shorter. It's short. Uh oh, yeah. yeah. But I played I played a decent amount of the first one. I played a decent amount of what's
1: I think it was this I I want to say how many are there? Are there three or four? So there's Life is Strange, mm-hmm. there's Life is Strange Before the Storm. Mm-hmm. There's Actually, I think um, I played that one too. I think I've played all of them. Right. Th- that was the second one, that was the prequel you one. You haven't yeah,
2: finished yeah. a single one?
0: <laughs> I lose I tend to lose interest in games like these because as we've discussed in the show several times, the story is important to me, but it's not the most important thing. Um, and when I find a game that I that requires me to do a large amount of sitting there and doing nothing,
2: uh, I get bored. <laughs> large amount of sitting there doing nothing. Did you like Death Stranding? No, I didn't finish that either. Oh, okay.
1: I started. I started playing Death Stranding again.
0: I got honestly, so bored. I was super excited it's... and then I was so disappointed. Death Stranding is just
1: brain crack for
2: me. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so. You love Death Stranding. And honestly, Death Stranding. that is my biggest motivation for wanting to play it again. <laughs> it's just like, man, if I can learn how to enjoy Death Stranding, then maybe I'll have this like sneak peek into Tony's brain.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I did yeah, we, not we, like we, it. We need to do
2: it together. <laughs> that would help. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, if we play Death Stranding together, I could get on board with that. You like Red Dead Redemption yeah. too, though, Dan?
0: Yes, but there's there's very okay. little nothing. Nah, there. they're very similar. They're both really boring. <laughs> <long> <laughs> <games>. Very similar. <laughs> Hot the hottest take
2: I've heard Stop. on the show, maybe ever. <laughs> <laughs> the hottest take ever. Life uh, is actually, strange
0: is similar to Red Dead Redemption. No, no, no. Death
2: Stranding, Death Stranding, Death Stranding. Okay, that's that less of a hot take, but it's still pretty warm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's, pretty... <laughs> it's warmer than lukewarm takes.
2: <laughs> lukewarm takes on pixel noise.
0: Oh my god.
2: <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't I don't know. I don't have it. I don't actually have any relevant opinions here. Uh, we were talking about Life is <laughs> yeah. Strange. Yeah, uh you should finish a Life is Strange game. That's my opinion, even if hold it's more. not the first one.
0: <laughs> my goal is to finish this one. I think I will finish okay. it yeah. eventually. Yeah.
1: It's I, yeah. I wouldn't yeah. hold your ed- breath,
0: but I think I will finish it eventually.
1: Okay, good. And, and and I look forward to it because I think, you know, I think there's a lot more to talk about when we can talk about more of the story, mm-hmm. actually. Um uh, and some of the it's, it's as I sort of spoiled that there's going to be some new mechanics that get introduced down the road yeah, and things like that. that. So, uh, the game is uh, it 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 continues to build upon itself and it continues to be interesting. Cool,
0: that's good to know. That makes me excited to go back to it.
1: It's not what I run into with other games I don't like as much where, you know, I get into the core gameplay loop and I ask my friends who's played it, like, okay, so is this just the rest of the game? Is it just this? And mm-hmm. they're like, yeah, it's just this. I'm like, all right,
2: click. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> let me let me ask you this. If you were to introduce the Life is Strange series to someone who hasn't played any of the games, like, at all, which game would you tell them to play? Are you asking me? Eh, whoever wants to answer. <laughs> probably you because you've played I
0: mean I know all what my them. answer would be but I I but I think well, I assume Tony's, I know Tony's is, is much more informed than mine is. So. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well then well then yeah so Dan is is your answer just this one straight yeah. up? Yeah
0: I I mean yeah. It, yeah. because as far as I can tell the the games are largely similar um the 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 main difference being the stories obviously and uh, I, the graphics right am I missing anything there? um we could go into detail but (laughs) (laughs) um i mean those are going to be the two major differences i think
1: right core gameplay loop is a lot of it's the same yeah um i think i think that if if you're to go through and experience the stories in their entirety the stories are very different mm-hmm. i think the quality of the writing is very uneven and let's let's be honest none of them have stellar dialogue oh, writing no. that's <laughs> <laughs> like none of them are like you know all of them have like passable dialogue writing at best which is unfortunately like the one thing that holds me back from saying that like these are you know amazing games actually mm-hmm.
2: true colors probably has the best dialogue on average like life is strange one has some awful
1: dialogue right yeah and that's because so that's what makes it challenging for me i think to to recommend one over the other as their first game i think for me it would depend on who i was recommending i think i know enough about the games that i could tailor a recommendation to who i was talking to i think um perhaps because the themes of the games are different Mm -hmm. right and I think if I knew something about somebody's interests, without, yeah, without spoiling the plots of the games, if I knew something about what the person's interests were, I could recommend a game to them. The other thing I love about these games is I could easily recommend any of these games to somebody who's not, uh, who doesn't have a lot of video game experience mm-hmm. because they're not skill games uh despite despite some tense moments in true colors where I had to say to myself it's not a skill <laughs> game it's not a skill game it's not a skill game Stop playing <laughs> You're not My- actually Stop playing die. mine dye <laughs> <laughs> oh man mine haunt is like I'm not even talking about Minehaunt, uh which which is a skill game yes. but uh w- within the game uh which is great uh, but yeah like if there were you know if, if I had a if I had a friend who wasn't into video games uh a family member you know I would easily you know somebody who was somebody who enjoyed uh, TV shows, somebody who enjoyed, um, you know, whatever I could, uh, easily recommend this because it, it they're very playable. They're very accessible and that's great. I love that in games,
2: you know, on the topic of demos, maybe I, now that I'm thinking about it more, maybe the game I would recommend people try first is, uh, uh, What's it, what is it, Captain? Captain, Captain Amazing Spirit. Spirit. Captain Spirit, that's the one. Uh, maybe that's the one I would recommend first. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't even, I, it might be it, free actually. It's also the shortest one, like just to kind of get a taste of it. And it's very good. Yeah.
1: Well, again, it being short, sure, this is where I get into like how I would tailor a recommendation. Yeah. If I knew that somebody didn't have a lot of time to play <laughs> a game, I would definitely recommend Captain Spirit because. Uh, you can it's it's accomplished like you can get through the story and I think that it's like critically important to like get to the end of these stories mm. um, to really understand these games so like yeah that's yeah that's that would be an easy recommend for somebody who's a busy adult with important things to do if somebody's interested in um, you know uh, school drama i guess i i would more <laughs> recommend the first one if somebody was more interested in relationship dramas i would recommend the second one if um somebody was, uh, was more interested one? in social issues i'd recommend life is strange 2 if somebody was more interested in um you know i guess like uh, I mean, empathy is an obvious thing to say, but like, you know, like empathy, or I guess like creating meaning as a young adult, I might recommend True Colors. Uh, So, just is the, the second one with categories. the wolves? No, no, no. Well, okay. So, Life in Strange 2 is the one with the wolves. This, But the second game is Before the Storm. Oh, okay. I understand. The prequel yeah, okay. to the first one. Yeah. It
2: was very difficult. Yeah. Hmm. 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 Mm, 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 mm. Yeah, it, it's it's. Uh, I can't argue that it's context dependent, obviously.
1: But for <laughs> because but, because because the story, I think, is paramount. And so, like, I want to recommend a story that the person's going to have the most likely to connect to. Because the mechanics are, it's all the same. Like,
2: <laughs> the mechanics are the same. But like, I don't know. I don't. I I don't know if there's anyone that I would recommend like the story to. Especially, life is strange too. I don't know. If there's anyone I would recommend that one too. Like, literally, no one. But definitely, yeah, definitely one or two colors. That's all I got. Yeah, and Captain Spirit. Captain Spirit's really good. If you want to try the Life is Strange series, play the Amazing Adventures of Captain Spirit. That's that's what we're there. Saying. You go.
1: Easy answer. Also, they're remastering the first two games, come on, they and they're going to come out at the beginning of next year. So I figure oh, we'd be honest to not there you point go. that out. There you I'll, go. Um, that's I'll my maybe, that's my Christmas present to them. you.
2: That's <laughs> yeah. I have to, I'm going to give it to you as a present, so you have to play it. <laughs> Yeah, will <laughs> have to it. it's play. It's an it. you should play it. <laughs> you know,
1: I'm pretty sure the remasters are going to come out on PS5. So that would be, you know, that'd be cool. That'd be optimal. Um, should we? I mean, we have a little bit of time left. Do you want to give some thoughts on Deltarune chapter oh, two? Oh, yeah. No, that's a great the idea. Long awaited. Yeah.
2: Because you were talking about. The
1: last RPG on today's list. <laughs> yeah.
2: Because you were talking about things with like Pokemon. And it was like there are these little rewards arounds for. Uh, uh 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 talking to people and things like that and it was clever or good writing whatever i w- i would like to uh i would like to write a letter in the form of this podcast
1: uh to is.
2: all to anyone who makes uh content on youtube about delta Room. uh and this won't apply to all of you but i'm don't feel like handpicking people so i'm just gonna you know just, I'm just gonna reply to everyone, and sorry, sorry if you if this doesn't apply to you. But I have an important, important note for people making Delta content. Um, I don't, I don't think. How do I say this? This, this game, this game is not. Uh, this game is not Undertale. First of all, that's I think that's a good thing to say. Uh, it's and it's not Undertale in the way that you think people want to learn about the game. No, that's not true because people want the game to be Undertale. <laughs> want the game to Here's be the Undertale. thing. It's not Undertale. And there is a lot of content <laughs> on YouTube about oh what happens when you do this thing when this story and nothing. There's nothing happens because this isn't Undertale. Like Deltarune has, you know, plenty of secrets and has a full story and has plenty of corners to check. But if you're looking for Um, you know, the WD gaster in the corner, you in general, very often you don't find it, but people keep making content for like, what happens when you go in this path with this character? And nothing happens. Mm -hmm. Like, this is a linear story and it's just being told as is. And this was communicated in the first Delta Rune game. uh, Very, very explicitly. Uh, Undertale is a game with multiple endings and your choices of consequences. Deltarune is not. And in Deltarune Chapter 2, there are, unlike Chapter 1, uh, multiple endings. There are paths you can take. You have choices. They don't really have consequences yet. I mean, Deltarune is supposed to be seven chapters long, and it took him two years to or no. It took him 4, 3 or 4 years to make two chapters. So, you know, don't hold your breath. Uh but currently your actions don't really have consequences and there's not a lot of secrets to find. Um there's a lot of answers there's a lot of questions that are left unanswered no matter how much you look into the game. So it's it's interesting because what you were saying earlier about Pokemon and the reward for exploring is very much something that undertale is all about. Like you are rewarded for any possible corner you can think to check. And it's just, that's just not true in Delta room uh, for lots of reasons. Uh, Toby Fox didn't want to do that in Delta room because that's hard. And he made one game that was, you know the the darling of the video game community for years and he wasn't going to try and follow that up uh with something similar just to disappoint everyone like this is telling a direct story its own thing uh and uh the reward for it is not going to be the same as undertale um so all that is to say i do i did enjoy deltarune i enjoyed the story it did tell um but if you're trying to like dig deeper into game code looking for secrets, that's not where the rewards are. The reward is just on a much more surface level playthrough. Uh, at which point it is very rewarding. There was a lot of great stuff to encounter, a lot of NPCs that I enjoyed talking to, which I never like. So, <laughs> Deltarune was able to accomplish that for me, which is great. Um, I, I don't need to go and in- to talk about all the secrets and cool like the the side story the 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 genocide path in Deltarune cuz there's cool stuff like we don't need to go into that like yeah if you want to dig deeper there's something for you there's a thing not everything there's a thing um and i and all that is to say i like Undertale way more than Deltarune i like the fact that Undertale has so much more to discover But if Deltarune tried following that same path, it probably wouldn't be as good. Undertale was was a remarkable achievement for Toby Fox. Um, And it's amazing that I really enjoy uh, his new game. Like, he could have tried releasing a cookie-cutter copy of Undertale, and it would have just been awful. But instead, he just made a game that's only really good, not (laughs) culture-defining. So, yeah. Uh, Great game. Play through it. Don't think too much about it. Enjoy the ride. Uh, it's not a lot of strategy. It's a very simple game. Has a story. I don't remember like
1: where this came from, but Toby posted something at some point somewhere where he said, like, you know, this explicitly he wrote this, like, open letter that was like, this yeah. game is not Undertale. Yep. And please, please, please don't expect it to do the same thing for you that Undertale did for you. Because Undertale, I realize, like, Defined a lot of people's like a time in their life, um, you know, changed their conception of video games. uh, And I'm I'm not trying to do that again. I don't believe I can do that again. Like, please just enjoy this for what it is. (laughs) I wish I could remember where I read that, but I remember reading that somewhere.
2: Yeah, I'm sure, and that's what I'm thinking about. I I don't remember where that is either, but yeah, that it's basically uh, that's basically the point. My my opinion, I uh, agree with Toby Fox entirely just like you said um undertale was a game uh that was incredible so for his follow up game uh f- to save from disappointing people horribly he didn't want to try and do the same thing but maybe he can do something different that's also enjoyable like that's all he wanted was just to do something different and he's not even selling this game like that's the <laughs> other thing to bring he's still up not it's just Uh, giving it away crazy (laughs) to me he told me fox said when chapter one came out that chapter one was going to be the only chapter that's free and then chapter two came out like three days after announced announcing it and he was like yeah this one's free too he said it's because like he didn't want people to pay for it because people need like he didn't want to like put that on people like he it's just like it's a tough time and i don't know people are spending money is difficult but yeah it was great um really all i get from that is he it's crazy that toby fox has enough money that he can just release the release this game that he's been working on for years for free and just be like it's fine yeah you guys can have it, it no problem I, gee that's yeah. crazy that's yeah. insane <laughs> yeah, he
1: could have- he can afford to do it, yeah. which
2: is just which, you know, which is wonderful. It is what it is, <laughs> and he and he makes a fan of someone like me who is like I was prepared to pay right. for chapter two, but if you want to give it to me for free, f- sure, yeah, great, well, hell yeah, I mean I'll certainly pay for chapter three when it comes out in twenty twenty five. Yeah, and I think <laughs> this is the long con. <laughs> this chapter three is now going to be twice as expensive. <laughs> <laughs> it could be.
0: And and I mean, to touch on what you said before, Alex, too, like people are willing to pay for stuff they like. So, like, yeah. you know, if I play Deltarune uh, and the second chapter and I, I really love it and I see a button on on his website that's like, you know, buy me a cup of coffee. Yeah, I'll, give you, I'll buy you a cup of coffee. <laughs> like, you know, pe- people will people will donate money. So, not everybody, but some people will. So, like, yes, I'm sure he has some money from Undertale that's that's helping him out. But like, I'm sure he's also not making nothing from this.
2: Yeah, I mean, I and there's, I think there's merchandise related to Delta Room Mm -hmm. that he's able to sell, and everyone knows merchandise is where the real money's at. Speaking of which, (laughs) PixelNoise.fm/store, is that the the link? Is that did I say that right? PixelNoise.store, oh PixelNoise.store, it's the Uh, the one with everything. (laughs) (laughs) PixelNoise.store, check out PixelNoise.store for uh, uh, merchandise. I need a new. Yeah, it's really
1: funny. I haven't, uh, played Delta Rune chapter two. Um, I played chapter one way back when it came out and, uh, and, and, and had fun with it. And it's, it's funny because exactly how you're describing it now, you're describing more of a game that's aligned with my interests than mm-hmm. Undertale was. Uh, and I, I, I enjoyed Undertale. I, I enjoyed playing it. Um, so yeah, I should get around to it at some point because it's free it seems like it's right <laughs> up my alley it's free i mean uh, it, it doesn't help that i watched a lot of it um when you played it but that's fine
2: the weirdest thing Deltarune does is shoehorn this enormous uh punch out reference into the game punch out being a game from the nes that had a sequel on the wii after <laughs> many years um but this one is like it's it, just this, I don't know why the game is so put such a spotlight on being a punch out reference in various ways. It's strange. It's cool. Like I I mean, I don't know. I grew up with Punch Out and I remember it. So when I saw that, I was like, "Oh hell, yeah, I know what to do here. This is great." I don't know how that comes off to other people though. I guess that's why I need you to play Ch- uh Deltarune Chapter 2. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever played Punch Out or seen it, uh but yeah. Yeah, I would need to. I'm aware
1: of what it is, but I haven't
2: played it. I would need to see what your reaction in those moments is because my reaction is oh, I'm playing Punch Out. Hello. All right. Yeah, here we go. Let's do that instead. I mean, I don't know why. (laughs) It's like. Undertale is highly tied to uh, the Earthbound series. Toby Fox has a lot of history mm-hmm. uh, with like the uh, Romhack community, I think, in Earthbound and has made some things and has embellished the Earthbound story. And there's theories of how this world of Undertale is infused with Earthbound. I don't think that's true of Punch-Out, though. I don't think anyone's going to uncover the secret. Like the main character is a uh, little Mac from punch out. I I don't think that's what happening, but yeah. that maybe that would be the coolest reveal of all. I don't know. There's it's very, it was a very strange choice. Cause it was, cause it was so upfront, but that that was a big part of Delta. I mean, it's a great game.
1: This will just be inescapable because he gave, he first gave the world something that gave the internet so many puzzles oh. to solve. And I, now he's really just trying to do something straightforward and it's just, it's the same way that conspiracy theories work. It's like <laughs> oh you say there's nothing to find well that's exactly oh, what they want exactly. you to think. I'm going kind to of find exactly to <laughs> find the thing whatever it is. I'm going to dig down and find the delta the uh, uh, the de, the de Delta Gaster. Yeah, the whatever. Delta Gaster. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's down there. Well, it's in there. It's gotta be. Well, because
2: otherwise my life doesn't have meaning. Because here's because <laughs> here's here's the pro here's the actual problem. There there is a greater secret to Delta Rune. It just hasn't been released yet. Like it's it that's the problem. Like people need to stop analyzing Chapter Two. Not because there's nothing to find. But it's that there's nothing to find yet. Like there's five more chapters of this <laughs> thing. Like he he has said there were gonna be five chapters, and he added two. Like he didn't even need to tell us there were gonna be seven chapters, but he just decided to tell us. Oh yeah, surprise! Here's chapter two out of five. Also surprise! It's actually chapter two out of seven. Not that that means anything to anyone. You don't need to say that out loud. But he but he did, and now we know that. And what then there's nothing we can do with that information except sit and wait and just theorize. But if you're gonna no matter how closely you look at the game files, you find you'll find nothing. Honestly, you'll probably find more in Undertale to hint towards <laughs> the future of Deltarune than you will find in Deltarune. So keep exploring Undertale. You can explore that game forever. But Deltarune, it is what it is exactly what it is. It's very upfront. Watch for the storm, folks.
1: <laughs>